Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I am one of the pastors here at Compass Point. And again with me this week, lead pastor Paul Eastwood. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you, Paul? I'm doing good. I'm happy to jump back in and uh, start talking about trees. This has been like, I feel like I'm like in one of those movies where everywhere I look is trees. It's kind of like the, you know, I'm scribbling trees in my yeah. notebooks and seeing them in the, and it's like trees, trees, trees. I'm going crazy, but it's awesome. Well, it's and we look cool. outside, right? And spring is starting. I don't know about you, but yeah. like in our front garden, we've got stuff popping up. Our trees are starting to bloom. Our, yeah. our trees on our stage, the leaves are getting bigger. Yeah. I love those yeah. London plane trees, which are part of the sycamore family. Fun fact for you. Um, so, but this week we talked a little bit about, uh, you know, one of the main characters of the Bible, I can yes. say. Jesus. Yes. Um, Jesus being the the vine, vine yes. and, and what that means. So, mm-hmm. so give us a little recap from Sunday. Yeah, well, we, what we did, it really was trace, traced the, the theme of this idea of people being uh, represented as trees, people being tree-like, um, and how important that is in the Old Testament and this idea of, you know, bearing fruit and, you know, being planted by streams of water like the Psalm 1 uh, person. And so with all that in mind, I think what we do is we trace this through the New Testament. And, and what I what I loved about this, and this is how I introduced this, and is that is that when we look at the the being a tree, sometimes that can be a daunting task because it sounds so um, so difficult to be, you know, unwithering and bearing fruit in season and all this kind of stuff. And so along comes Jesus and he says, I got this. Mm. What he says is, I'm the trunk. I'm the source. You're branches. And, and so it's like this new reality because of Jesus is now we don't have to be the whole tree in order to find ourselves as righteous. We just need to be the branches. And our, our responsibility is to stay connected to the source of life, to, to the vine. And so that was what we kind of explored and went into a passage that lots of people know, John 15, and started looking at this idea of being branches off the vine. Hmm. And yeah, you talked, uh, I mean, there's so many different things we can do there, but I loved you. You read that passage for us and you talked about uh, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. And then there's this gardener that we yeah. often miss. Yeah. Um, and, and then we talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit specifically tie into Galatians 5 and stuff. But but right here we've got this, you know, this picture we've been going through of trees and us as trees and you tied it back again to Genesis 1, the yeah. first creation story and, and how there's this little da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Right, right, and like, right. And they bear fruit. And what are we to do as humans? Bear fruit. We're right. like trees, right? Um, but, but we've got this picture in this Jesus being the vine um, of, of it being more than just Jesus, right? It's yeah. And there's a gardener, the father, and then there's the, the spirits of dang and step with the spirits. So we get this picture of what we call the Trinity. Yeah. Um, so can you just go ahead and like unpack the Trinity fully and perfectly yeah. for us right now? Paul? <laughs> yeah. Well, what I can do is just is ask further questions and kind of bring light to this because I, this was something that I really found uh, fascinating, especially yeah. with the gardener in this picture, because I've always looked at this passage as, Oh yeah, there's a vine and it's Jesus. And I'm supposed to abide in the vine, Mm -hmm. remain in him, abide in him. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, there's a gardener. And what's the gardener doing? He's cutting off branches that aren't fruitful and he's cutting back the branches that are, and and he's pruning them. He's, he's going through this process to make us even more fruitful, which is amazing because Mm -hmm. 
you know, sometimes when we look at this passage, we still bring it back to ourselves. It's my yeah. responsibility to bear this fruit. But it's like, no, 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 the gardener is at work making sure that the relationship between us and Jesus is strong so that we do bear fruit. And then Jesus is the source and he's the one that allows us to it. So the question becomes, so where does the Holy Spirit fit into all this? And I've had a question asked to me, you know, when it, when the Bible talks about abiding or remaining, yep. Who are we remaining in? Are we remaining in God's love? Are we remaining in the Spirit's work? Or mm -hmm. are we remaining in Jesus? And yes. what does that look like, yes. right? And I think in this passage, it seems, yes, the answer is yes, yes. That, it's, that it's all three in some sense. But I think in, in many ways, the passage, Jesus makes it clear, you remain in me. He says, remain in me, remain in me. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's this idea of, of aligning ourselves with the person and the character and the mindset of Jesus um, is what this abiding kind of thing looks like. Mm -hmm. And then I think we acknowledge that, that our heavenly father is, is continuing externally to put forces on that, to prune us, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's through circumstances or life situation or whatever it happens to be. And then the Holy Spirit seems to be the place that allows us to, you know, understand and also uh, carry out this this being fruitfulness kind of thing, hmm. and and so that I think is 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 kind of where the Spirit sort of fits into this. And in Galatians chapter five, you know, it says, "Walk by the Spirit." That's the command, right? right. Keep in step with the Spirit. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty fascinating. So, like, I mean, this is great. Really practically, how uh, how does this play itself out? And like, how do we do we ask Jesus for help with things? Do we ask the Spirit for help with things? Do we ask God for help with things? And how do we like even you know what language do we use in our prayers? And not not that that really matters, but but I think it might might point to how we can think about this relationship a bit differently. Um, Yes. Well, I think, I mean, obviously we can pray to the Holy Spirit. We can pray mm -hmm. to God the Father. We can pray to Jesus. Jesus does make it pretty clear that we pray in his name. Mm -hmm. Someone challenged me one time about that. And um, it was interesting because, yes, the Bible often talks about praying in his name. And I think what that reminds us of is, is the role that Jesus played in saving us. Mm -hmm. And so in order for us to pray to God, we bring the name of Jesus into the conversation, recognizing that he's the reason we can have the conversation with God in the first place. And so that's kind of an interesting um, sort yeah. of side. Yeah. And I've, I've read some stuff that, that talks about how like, essentially the Holy Spirit connects us to Jesus is our like instant connection to Jesus and Jesus is our mediator between us and God right, right. and it's it's kind of like um, uh, I'm trying to think of a good analogy I mean any analogy you use when you're talking about the Trinity is definitely heresy so yeah. so let's take this with a grain of salt for a minute yeah, yeah sure but like it's like knowing um, let's say you you know someone who works at the Apple store and you need to get in touch with Tim Cook. I mean, there's no reason you can get in touch with Tim Cook, but you know someone, right? And you right. have to like use your connection with them. You kind of lose the Holy Spirit in this analogy, but like yeah. that person mediates you. Yeah. Um, the Holy Spirit is tech support. Yeah. To be able to get, the, to get the okay. email through okay. to the person yeah, yeah, that I you like want to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good, the, the infrastructure there. Yeah, um, well, it's all heresy. Yeah, all no, 100%. But, so you asked a good question. Though. I think remaining in Jesus in my in my mind, and what I said on Sunday was something that's, you know, something I'm still thinking about as, I, as, as I'm working it through. And, and maybe, you know, someone can comment or make some, you know, help me understand this a little better. But the way that I see this is remaining in Jesus means that we adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. And I think that that oftentimes, you know, when we think about um, 
like, you know, who or how are we making this connection? I think that that the goal is to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus and yeah. and his way. So we talk about that as the way of Jesus here. And the Holy Spirit gives us the information we need and and also um, you know, the the ability for us to actually accomplish that task, you know? And right. so but yeah, it is it is an interesting uh it is interesting though. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the fruit of the spirit. I was struck when yeah. you were talking on Sunday of like how I mean, I'm kind of used to hearing that, you know, what what's the fruit or, you yeah. know, if there's fruit, those kinds of phrases and and how much I'm used to that meaning like uh evangelism or or something that's frankly it's not in the list and it's not like it's not, it's not a bad thing, of course, but like we, we kind of take these fruit of the spirit and then we're like, well, you know, if I'm to interpret them the way I want to, we get to this point and this is the actual fruit. Right. But you made the point like the, it's staying in step with the spirit, being in line with the spirit is, um, yeah, is, is the important bit. And like, how, so how do you do that without kind of going down that extra road and like adding in like, well, this is what I need to be doing. Yeah, so I think I think that's it's good. We need to sort of define what we mean by fruit, mm-hmm. right? Because um, y- you know we do talk about fruit in the sense of fruitfulness, in yep. in the sense of being effective at something. So that could be uh, in the context of evangelism mm-hmm. or in the context of you know I am doing this, and the fruit is that this happened, right? There's this kind of a a, a causation kind of thing that happens. But I don't think that's the way that we're talking about fruit when we're looking at John 15 and in other places in the Bible, like where Jesus talked about the Pharisees and he said that by your fruit, you will recognize them, right? He said mm-hmm. that the fruit, and I think the simple, you know, this this brings us back to the tree analogy. Fruit is, is a, a, a byproduct of a healthy organism. Mm-hmm. So... So fruit tells you whether the tree is healthy. Right. And so fruit is really an inward indication or sorry, an outward indication of what's going on inwardly. Yeah. So, and you talked about how like a branch on the ground can't just like will itself to fruit. Right. Right. I need more fruit, need more yeah. fruit. Like it's not. I got this. I got this. Yeah. That, yeah. That's not how it works. It's, it's about being connected. Yes. Um, and that's our responsibility. So what I said on Sunday yeah. that I thought was, you know, help, helpful for me as I've been thinking through this is that, and I got to say this again, my responsibility is not to produce fruit. Your right. responsibility is not to produce fruit. That's not the point. The point is that we stay connected and by our connectedness, mm-hmm. we begin to bear fruit. Right. And and I, I, I borrowed a little bit from John Mark Homer because he talks about this idea of uh, fruitfulness, particularly from uh, Galatians chapter five. Mm-hmm. And by the way, just let me throw this out there. I made a pretty strong connection between Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit Mm -hmm. and John 15 and the fruit. That's not necessarily a, you know, slam dunk connection. Other people may say, well, there might be something slightly different going on. I think it's a pretty good and clean kind of connection point. But let me just put it out there. So John Mark Homer makes this makes the point that, you know, for a lot of us, we want to, you know, kind of tick off the list. You know, Mm -hmm. he he gives the illustration of someone who decided to they read the fruits of the spirit and they said, this week, I'm going to work on being more kind or this week I'm going to be working on being more, you know, uh, patient or whatever, using those fruits of the spirit and saying, I want to be better at each one. Yeah. And what what 
he makes the argument, and I think is really helpful for for me anyways, is that is that fruitfulness is a byproduct in the same way that we talked about joy being a byproduct. Mm. I believe that fruitfulness, well, joy is one of the fruits of the spirit, yep. is a byproduct of a connectedness. And so my responsibility is to is to stay connected. Mm-hmm. And by and what I mean by staying connected, because that's a very like out there kind of term. What does that look like? Yep. It looks like adopting the lifestyle of Jesus. Well, and this is our tie back into rule of life, hey, right? Like we've right. been we've been talking about exactly. this, and I really hope you've been watching these videos that have been coming out. So the one this week uh, that just released today is all about uh, relationships and calling, right? Uh, and this idea that like all of our life can be lived in a way that is constantly better connected, if I can say that. So that, like it's a journey. You're never going to get a hundred percent perfect, but like, what does it look like to look at our lives and to make simple changes to help? connect us better with Jesus, to help be yeah. more in the presence of Jesus. Um, and so, and we're, we're putting that all into this kind of thing called rule of life. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, we talked about the idea of practices and sometimes counter practices that actually uh, lead us or sort of move us towards our affections for Jesus. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that we can test for ourselves is what are the things you desire? What yeah. do you really want? And when we start to think about our desires, we often find ourselves, you know, wanting to, you know, watch the next Netflix movie or, or you know, whatever, all of these, you know, different things that are going on. And they may not be inherently bad or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But my point is that that we have to just look at our desires and recognize whether those things that we desire most are actually drawing us closer to Jesus or are they moving us in a different direction? Mm-hmm. And that to me is a really powerful question that we can ask ourselves in terms of an application of a passage like this. Yeah. And it's so like, I feel like for us as, as Christians, it's easy to be like, well, well, sins are bad. And like, yeah, well, yeah, sins are bad. But like, you know, I don't go around wanting to like murder people or right. sleep with people. Like, so yeah. like I'm okay. And no, like idolatry is good things yes. that become ultimate things. It's, it's good things that we love. And, and frankly, like God has designed the world to be full of good things that we should love under him. And that's like, that's the the trick, right? There's so many good things. I mean, I, <laughs> I did a degree in theology and the arts. I think there's so many good things in the arts and what it is to be human and like beauty and nature. But anytime any of those things become ultimate things, right. they become our desires as opposed to under Christ, right? then they're disordered, right? Then they become idolatry. Then they they shape who we're becoming, right? The the whole who are, who am I becoming right. question that Chris has us asking of ourselves. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think I think Augustine um, was the one. Saint Augustine yeah. kind of has this idea of of sin being disordered desires, yeah. and and I think that for us is really is really interesting because you know in our culture we we often think like you said about you know the the choice between good and, and evil is really some kind of, uh, I've mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, it's like a cartoony choice. It's yeah. like, you got like dark woods with, you know, dead trees mm-hmm. and like ooh, scary music on one side. And then you have like bright and, you know, like Bunny's butterflies and bunny hopping. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's all good. And you, it's like, I'm always going to choose the right thing. It's like, no, 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 no. It's not like the tree, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden, the very, very beginning, the fruit was good. Like it mm-hmm. looked good. It was pleasing to the eye. Yeah. It wasn't a choice between some like stanky, like, you know, <laughs> rotten fruit and like this great. Tree yeah. <laughs> it's like they chose, they chose something that looked good. And that's the thing. It seems good. 
And you're right. Uh, sometimes it's the good things disordered that mm-hmm. gets us into trouble. Yeah. And, and uh, I think sometimes we miss that. And, and ultimately, I do think those big kind of big sins that we see as like the obvious sins, yeah. I think they're often the end of a journey of disordered love. Mm. Maybe yeah. not the end, but like they're, they're down the road. I mean, for sure. You, you, let's, let's talk about something difficult for a minute, just for fun, right? I mean, how many, how many evangelical churches and leaders right now are we seeing um, mm. in, in moral failures, right? Yeah. And like certainly the moral failures that we're seeing, uh, many of them around kind of sexual misconduct, huge moral failures. Um, but that, they didn't start there. Right, they, they, for, for anyone, none of these decisions or things, they, they probably started with small, simple, disordered loves that no one knew about and no one could see. Right. Uh, and that's, like, that's how the journey starts in all of our lives, I think. And it's the, this is why abiding is important. It's this constant yeah. being drawn back. I mean, you know, like, there are plenty of things. Food is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much food is not a good thing, right? right? Clothing... Right is a great thing. Shelter is a great yeah. thing. Having a home, providing for your family, having clothes, great things. Getting addicted to online shopping and spending too much money on Amazon mm-hmm. or too much time looking at things on Amazon, right? That can be a bad thing. Yeah. Um, and these are kind of indicators that it, it's really hard because their um, disordered loves are often not seen by yeah. others. Yeah. They're only seen by us. And this is why we need the help of the Holy Spirit and we yeah. need to abide to let like uh, the the connection with Jesus uh, allow us to know when, if the gardener's pruning us to be okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious now. I mean, let's talk a little bit about this, this idea of being pruned. Yeah. Um, What does, what does that look like? And how do we, how do we balance this? Like, okay, God is pruning me with this, like, sometimes life really sucks and it's good to lament and it's good to cry out. And like, how do we, how do we not become kind of happy, slappy Christians, but not become like health and wealth Christians? Where's, where's that line? Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think you're right. The, the, um, it, it, I think in some ways those things can not, not the, the, the happy clappy side of it, but the, the, the idea of lament and, and, Mm. you know, crying out and, all of that is part of what it means to be pruned and how we work through it. Yeah. Um, because when we take those things in our hardships uh, with an open hand to God, I think we can find all kinds of, um, you know, joy in all in the midst of all of that. Yeah. But I would say, yeah, I, I think that the the idea of um, pruning it hurts. It's it's hard. It's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. And and yet sometimes we acknowledge at least. Well, we acknowledge that some of the hardest things in life, there's the phrase, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, yeah. right? And so I think it's a, it's just a generally acknowledged sort of idiom that, you know, that eventually, that hard things will make things, you know, will be good for you in the sure. end. And so, and so in a sense, that is kind of what's happening here, but that doesn't mean that we need to come alongside someone who has gone through a very difficult situation, perhaps with a family member or a child or something like that. And we mm. don't need to say to them, oh, well, don't worry, God is pruning you. This is all going to be for good. Um, God may be pruning, uh, but we don't, we need to work through that and we need to help people work through that. And so our first response is that sucks. And Mm -hmm. Hey, let's, let's get through this together. Mm -hmm. I think that is a, is a really helpful way to be, to think about it. But I I do think that pruning is a part of life. We, we see it all the way through the, you know, the scriptures and we're reminded of the the benefits um, when handled in a way that is God honoring. Yeah. So another question I've got around this, like, 
is suffering always pruning? Is every, yeah. is every bad thing that happens to us, God like working behind the scenes to, you know, he works everything for good, right? right. Which we, we see in the Bible. That's, that's, yeah. Is it, is it actually, or, or, or how do we like, well, I think, I think hmm. what's behind that question is the question of whether God is actually causing these things to happen. Yeah. And I think that's a different conversation. Sure. So pruning is, you know, is not necessarily this kind of like Job like test where God is like, oh, let's see what happens when I do this, or let's see what happens when I do this. But I think it's in the face of this situation, how is this going to, you know, help my son or daughter grow mm-hmm. and develop? I think that's the the mindset. And so to me, um, all of our difficult situations have are, you know, have behind them an opportunity uh, for growth, but they aren't caused specifically by God sitting there saying, oh, here comes another cut and mm-hmm. here's another prune. I think that I, I think that we're the that's a good it's a good question to ask because I think it 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 points to the idea that maybe some of us have this idea that you know we have to decide which ones are pruning. I think I think everything is an opportunity to glorify God, good things, bad things, mm-hmm. and the idea that God is pruning us just means that He is working externally to um, to provide that kind of opportunity or to 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 um, to help us through those things. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a. Yeah. It's a tricky one. Yeah. And we're out of time. Oh, man. Uh, as it happens. Um, do you have any closing thoughts for us? Well, I I, I want to say, I, you know, what you were saying earlier about this, I think this was a really helpful conversation. And just a reminder that at the beginning, there are two trees in the center of the garden. Mm-hmm. There is the tree of life, and there is another tree that is known as the, the tree of the knowledge of good and bad. And, you know, I love the picture of us needing to walk past that tree in order to partake of the tree of life. Yeah. And I think that in our lives, we, ha- we have the opportunity over and over and over again to choose God's will over our own. Mm. And when we talk about disordered desires and all of those kinds of things, it brings me back to that original decision. And I think that as we learn to say no to ourselves... And we say yes to God's plans and purposes, we find ourselves aligning ourselves with the way of Jesus. And that, to me, is what abiding is all about. Saying no to ourselves and then then looking to Jesus as as the way. Love it. Well, we're going to wrap it there for this week, but we will be back next week with more Postscript, and we will talk to you then.